0: Hello and welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Patino, and with me today is Conrad Toll. And uh happy Fourth of July. And <laughs> what better way to celebrate that than talking about the mob? I mean they are pretty independent. <laughs> <laughs> As as I'm going to find out because uh, you just found out something pretty cool.
1: I haven't been abroad very much in uh, the world. I've mostly stayed domestically in the U.S., but I don't really know how well known the 4th of July is uh, and how... Well, I know, you know, everybody who's f- familiar with the uh, calendar knows about the 4th of July. But do you think most countries, most people in foreign countries know that that is the American Independence Day?
0: I think they know that better than most Americans, sadly. Oh. <laughs> well,
1: how do you? <clears throat>
0: I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of people that don't know anything about 4th of July. They, they just what? know that it's a, a celebration for drinking beer and doing barbecues outside. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, that's messed up.
0: Well, you know, it's it's ignorant, you know, because you don't know uh, about your own history. Uh, that's but-
1: weird because. When I was growing up, we always called it Independence Day. Fourth of July is just something I started recently calling it.
0: Yeah, I think I grew up with uh, Independence Day as well. But, you know, newer generation doesn't really know that much about uh, Independence Day.
1: They just know about... Uh, Hey, don't start ripping too much on the newer generation. I'm probably part of it.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Are you a millennial or are you a Generation Z or... Yeah, Z? I think that's the current one.
1: uh, I am... I I, I I think, think I'm might, right on the line.
0: I think you're, like, at the tail end of the
1: millennials. Yeah, I'm definitely right at the tail end of the millennials. <laughs> I, I think I'm technically a millennial.
0: I'm at, like, the very beginning of millennials, so.
1: Well, we represent a whole generation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what our kids will be called? The generation? Uh, they no. will be alphas. <laughs> Seriously, that's what the that's what the generation is going to be called, Generation Alpha. Can I, I have a
1: feeling that's going to be very. Uh, it's not going to go uh, well. <laughs> so the mafia. <laughs> yes. We're talking about the mafia today, and uh, for the Fourth of July on the Fourth of July, anyway, which is American Independence Day, and both Eric and I are Americans, and yeah, so. If we just happen to seem overtly and uh, extremely brazen, that's why. We're in the holiday spirit. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know if I'll be as cheerful today as uh, as uh, I usually am, maybe. I don't know. I had a tooth pulled out recently, so my jaw hurts. So I probably won't go too crazy. But <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about the mob. So you know what I found out, though? Yeah, they, uh, they tell me. They operate through so many different businesses. I knew yeah. they did quite a few. I didn't know it was so broad like it is. So yeah. they, they actually work through like restaurants. Uh, sporting uh, businesses like the nba the nfl the what's the baseball one called mlb and they work at bars and they even they're even in the music industry conrad did you know that
1: no (laughs) i knew that they were in hollywood at one point uh, at least for a bit, uh, I don't, but I mean, anyway, what, what do you mean like Still, are. Pr- producing movies and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, they, they had uh, quite a bit of sway over the, uh, over certain directors. Um, and they got to do things like pick, uh, casts. Well, then they didn't get to, it's not like the, but they, they would, uh, they could, if you were somebody who Influenced. wanted, if you wanted to get, um, if you were part of the mafia or the mafia wanted you to give you a favor they could be like hey do this for us and we can get you in a movie <laughs> so uh they were very much a, a broker that way um mm-hmm. uh, yeah but in the
0: 80s right the mob reportedly bought a record pressing plant a warehouse if you will allowing them to uh duplicate copies of a master record thereby enabling them to flood the market with lower price copies <laughs> I'm like, they have so many fingers in yeah. so many different pies, it, but it's like, it didn't end there. So they also did a little bit of artist management, kind of uh-huh. like you were talking about. They had influence with uh, movie directors and actors. Yeah. Well, they had influence and- with uh, managing artists as well. And they yeah. even so not owned- just singers oh, yeah.
1: and um, not just actors, but, uh, you know, uh, painters or... Um- I guess theater performers are a little different than uh, movie actors, but I would imagine they would actually have more of an influence on Broadway than they would in uh, Hollywood.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, probably. yeah. But, yeah, they even owned uh, concert venues uh, and uh, record labels in the 70s. So, uh, you know, 70s and 80s, that was a wild time for music. Uh It would make sense for them to to profit off of that. They might still be doing it. Who's to say that they're not still doing that? I mean, it would be insane Uh not to.
1: Right. And so they use a lot of those uh, businesses that they own as uh, also to launder their money for their illegal activities as well. So when you have that many, so many fingers and so many pies, it, it becomes very difficult for someone to financially track down the money that you're trickling through all of these little bitty uh, things. Be like, hey, we're going to get money through a little bit through this one, a little bit through that one, you know? It, it's like trying to figure out, <laughs> trace all the water that's poured through a strainer back to the spaghetti bowl, you know?
0: I think maybe they also did it this way because if maybe one aspect of uh, their their front went down, they still had money coming through other places.
1: Yeah, uh, and then there there's the other thing of they got regular money in legal methods through um so you know
0: what they did legal they, activities
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like the, these record places would still make some money so not like they were doing it for free <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well yeah so they also did you know they were in real estate uh big money through uh real estate for them they had uh, even in uh, power plants so i thought that was interesting power plants so i looked it up a little bit and it turns out a combination of factors makes uh wind power attractive to the mob uh, for one there is a lack of regulation in the industry it It is a high price for the product and it's it's kinda complicated through financing because of the government subsidies right Uh the the wind power sells for a high price in italy than anywhere else in the world for some reason so while the country citizen have to look for a you know like a propeller filled uh propeller filled landscapes around italy they they kind of keep quiet about it because they don't want the mob to retaliate so that makes Kind of makes the legitimate uh, providers for the energy energy plans to get muscled out, and they know <laughs> they know they can't do anything about it because it's the mafia.
1: They know yeah. exactly who they're dealing with. Well, actually, there's a few things they can do about it. Um, Which is actually with the original um, way that the mafia would illegally make money is through um, extortion. So you you could – if you were running windmills, you could pay a protection fee to the mafia, and that way they would allow you to stay in. So
0: so either way, they, they're getting business off of you.
1: Right. If they're not making money off of you, you ain't staying in. <laughs> Very true. But, but originally, uh, that's how the mafia formed, is on the island of Sicily. Um, the the farmers there uh, wanted to be separate from uh, Italy, the mainland. And they had a revolution and they threw away All of the protections and um, uh, ruling bodies from foreign nations and they tried setting up their own uh, security and they would hire um, these families (laughs) to um, – that they would protect them from – uh, criminals. Well, the issue is some people uh, decided they didn't need to hire these criminals. Uh, not, they didn't need to hire protection from criminals and so they wouldn't pay a fee. So these families would go around and they would destroy the businesses that weren't their customers uh, and say, hey, you should have hired us. <laughs> uh, and then eventually that became a little more and more and more um, sophisticated and that was the origins of the mafia is they were farmer protectors and then they eventually turned to uh, having fees just to not be vandalized mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah that um very much like the windmills that they have today mm. w- what's the uh what's the saying the more things change so the more they stay the same is that a saying yeah oh okay <laughs> i didn't know <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, no, you're probably right. So they also do uh, businesses through construction and gambling, which I think you have some of, and... But here's an interesting thing, though they do business through waste management. I always found that kind of odd, waste management.
1: Huh? Yeah, you think they have some things they want to get rid of? Probably.
0: <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to you know to be in business in waste management, but like I didn't know they actually did it. So as recently as 2013, 30 people were indicted for extortion in the New York City area, and the groups were uh, three mob families. I think these might. I don't know. I don't know if these are the main families. I know one of these families is one of the main ones. The Gambino, the uh, Genovese, and the yep. uh, Lu- Lucchese crime and those are all.
1: Those are all of them. Um, they're all the main those, ones? <clears throat> uh, they're, they're three of the five.
0: And uh, yeah, but they're they're all connected to uh, voice management, which is which is insane. The trend actually continues overseas. The Italian mafia is said to have controlled the garbage in the city of Naples since the early 1980s. It's crazy, absolutely crazy, uh,
1: huh. and when they when they run something like that, like the uh, the garbage, they <laughs> they uh, they have a monopoly on trash. <laughs> um, so the, that allows them to do a lot of extortion and that sort of thing. But I wonder if part of that has to do with the fact that they can get around town; that they have eyes all all over town.
0: I'm sure they do. I'm sure, no pun intended, they have dirt on people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right? I mean,
0: you're trying to get rid of something and you own the waste management in the city. You're going to know about it, right?
1: I mean, think about it. You want to get dirt on somebody? Just go through their trash. But <laughs> I mean, you think about it. There's a bunch of low level um, mafia members. And it's like, yeah, uh, what we want you to do is go out there with the trash pickup crew and his trash. We just want you to take it. Don't put it in the compactor. Don't put it in the incinerator. Just go through it first. Read every little bit of it. Figure out what he's doing write it down and... And send it to so-and-so, report to so-and-so. And then so-and-so goes through it and goes, huh, okay, that's not important. That's not important. That's not important. Okay, that might be important. That might be important. Okay, that's definitely important. He shouldn't have thrown mm-hmm. that away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how it is sometimes. I'm sure they're like going kind of like maybe eyeing through the trash as they're throwing it. I'm like, oh, that that's interesting. I need to tell the boss about that. You
1: know what I mean? So I mean, I know the FBI does that. There's been many cases where the FBI have convicted people by when they were staking out a house and looking at it Um, And they're trying to run an investigation on someone. Uh, There was a Supreme Court decision that decided that you don't have any rights of privacy over your trash. So it's legal for the government to dig through your trash looking for crimes. And so the FBI does that right if they're trying to get stuff on you, they'll go through your trash because there's plenty of evidence that people just carelessly stuff in the trash thinking that no one will see it. Mm, I'm sure. So, so
0: I i got a, uh, an article about some uh, NBA referee that got uh, associated with the mob and was doing all these uh, fixed games I'm trying to win money. But I mean, I'll let you talk
1: for a little bit. All right. So the mafia, I always thought like the mafia had died out a little bit, but that is a little bit of a myth. The mafia is still alive and well today. And you might've heard a few things about that would have pointed you to that. Like we were talking about windmills and you might've thought, Hey, isn't that kind of modern for the mafia to be doing, but it's not. The mafia is is still um, very much alive. It's not doing as good as it used to. It's not near as powerful, but it is still the ruling mob in New York city. And it still has considerable influence in other areas, uh, though they might have uh, competitions with other groups like the the Russian uh, cartel. Um, they still have quite a bit of power on the east coast of America, uh, at least the American mafia does. Uh, I, that's what I concentrated on. I didn't really look too much at uh, the mafia abroad. However, um, there's been a, quite a few things uh, just recently in the 21st century that the mafia has been up to. Um, I believe that you were talking about this in uh, 2011 that uh, they – there was a, an arrest of 60 or 100 members you said? Oh, uh, 30. Uh, OK. So there's been many uh, – what I probably read with a different sting. Um, but this one's from the, um, Columbo family. Um, mm. it was in 2011. Um, and it just goes to show that there is a myth that organized crime is beaten. But, um, what they found is even when they do these major busts and they arrest hundreds of members and they have, um, connection that go all the way to the top, and they even convict the top of the hierarchy of the families, it's still not enough to eradicate the problem of the mafia. The mafia is very long-living and very hardy. And part of that's because the five families, there is always a ruling family of them. And when one family gets caught, or even three at a time, it's almost impossible to get all five families. So if you don't eradicate all five families, the family that's left in the, it has most of its structure untampered, steps in where the other mafia has been forced out and takes over and, and, and fills the power vacuum. So it's this rotating chair of mobs. So it's like you destroy a cartel, but then there's always another cartel there to fill its shoes. And when the next mafia group takes over, it provides shelter for the other groups to regrow and to grow stronger again. And the one at the top enjoys its position of unchallenged power and reaps all the benefits, um, the, the greater benefits of being the ruling family, until eventually another one becomes too powerful or the other one's brought down by some means, and in which case another one steps in. And it's through this cycle that the mafia retains its power. Uh, th- throughout um, New York. So it's still very much a powerful group. Um, and they – there was um, many – there's still like some infighting. But for the most part, the mafia tries to keep its head under um, – uh, tries to keep its head low and off the radar. They've, they follow a lot of rules that they have adopted over the years. Such as they never kill prosecutors. They never mm-hmm. uh, attack police officers. Uh, they they never uh, try to kill uh, people of um, high, I guess, media value. Uh, they try not to become a, a sensationalistic. Uh, um, whenever they do something, it's not newsworthy or not something that garnishes them a lot of heat. Um, and in that in that way, it. Um, th- they they keep you know what the squeakiest uh, wheel gets the grease or the, the the yeah and they just don't be the squeakiest wheel uh, and then also recently uh, with now if you if any of our members have uh, that are listening uh, anyone who's listening who's uh, been listening to uh, <laughs> Any of our listeners out there, if you've seen The Godfather, you know that the um, the main character's father did not want to uh, get the mafia involved in drug dealing. Uh, but today, the mafia is very much involved in uh, drug dealing. That's Its main a source of illegal income is through drug dealing. Hmm. Um, but that's not because they are um, necessarily – Need to it's like the it's it's something that came about through the war on drugs. Uh, the mafia grew exponentially in the prohibition through its um, what do they call that bootlegging. Uh, so it's the same things happened with the the, the war on drugs. Uh, and in order to adapt with that, they've they hire a lot of um, contractors. They've made formal alliances with the Colombian and the Mexican cartel. They have. Um, they they are very much involved in the docks in New York City, and they they smuggle in dr- uh, drugs all the time through uh, by sea in New York, um, and we know that because every now and then uh, they're they get busted, but they work through contractors so that way whenever the drug deal is busted, they are never tied to it. They're very they adapt they're sneaky uh, they- <laughs> hmm? sneaky yeah yeah smart though so, yes yeah, so the mafia is still very much alive and around t- today
0: So I I have a question for you, Conrad. Uh Maybe you can speculate on it. How lucrative do you think this business venture is anyway, being part of the mafia? Because they have Uh, so many people working for them for like business fronts Uh and hitmen and bodyguards and drivers and even some cases the police. How Mm -hmm. is it that they're making enough money to pay all these people off,
1: keep their loyalty? uh, uh, Okay. Are you sitting down, Eric? I, I am. Because this might knock you over. They make <laughs> an estimated annual income of $85 billion. What? Yeah, billion. What?
0: And that's all through uh, weapons and drugs and.
1: Uh, well, that's through everything. So that's all their legal and illegal. Um operations. But, you know, there are no small um, operation. They've got moolah. So what? that's, that's insane. What, so that's that's eighty five billion a year, a year. God. That, that's estimated. That could be wildly inaccurate. But <laughs> even if even if you're off by 30 percent high or low. Yeah,
0: that's, that's still a lot still, of money.
1: That's still a lot of money. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess there's I,
1: nations that don't even have a gross annual in, uh, <laughs> domestic input that high. That, wow. That's almost enough to put them at. Um, if you if you were to sell stock of the mafia, it would be one of the best, <laughs> not the biggest, but it would be a big company.
0: <laughs> they that, are international.
1: That, that would be they better are, than Apple. Yeah, they're no small fry. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's why that's why I was telling you to be sitting down. <laughs> And that they're not even uh, percentage-wise um, – well, not percentage-wise, but like, like maybe percentage-wise, but you know like how you're comparing it. But comparatively, they are less powerful now than they used to be. They used to be the top organized crime in uh, America. Um, now they're just the, the top in the city of New York. That means that there are other organized crime rings that are more powerful than that.
0: Can you take a stab at who or what? Uh,
1: um, there's, there's, um, the Mexican cartel is pretty powerful. Um, the in the U.S. Yeah, more so than the 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 Italian mafia. Oh, pfft, yeah, the mafia probably doesn't. I don't know if they're in Texas. Uh, I've never heard <laughs> of Texas, but the um, the Mexican mafia in. Uh, san antonio on the north side um they're they're there um in uh big numbers there was a raid i think that was in i was in New, uh, living in um san antonio when it happened so that was uh, probably about five ten years ago not uh, ten years five to seven years ago there was a raid on a um a cartel uh, member in san antonio But yeah. How much uh, do
0: you think the Mexican mafia makes a year? uh, Mexican cartel. Or Mexican cartel.
1: Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's Google.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's insane, though. I do have to say one thing, though. I don't think the Mexican cartel is as family loyal as the Italian mafia.
1: Uh, The Washington Post says 500 billion a year. 500 billion? Yeah.
0: Okay, but they are they're also in, in like uh, what? sex crime or sex
1: trafficking. Uh well, so is the um so is the mafia. The mafia is probably in more than the Mexican cartel is. Mexican cartel probably almost deals exclusively in illegal stuff. But they're just most of it. All, but the uh, but but the the mafia—they're in prostitution. They're in gambling. They're in uh, smuggling of uh, illegal uh, materials as well as chemicals. That's crazy. But you know uh, the the five hundred billion a year Mexican drug cartel. It's really hard to make act. Accurate judgments because it's not like you're looking at their books going, okay, so their balance sheet shows their <laughs> net assets at no. <laughs> but there's so many Mexican cartels as well. There's there's dozens of cartels. Well, maybe not dozens, but there, there's many different cartels. So it's hard to say exactly because you're looking at many different ones, and then you're also looking at the fact that there are Purposely hiding the amount of money that they have. So it could be, like I said, 30% off and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So the Mexican cartel is about as big in revenue wise as Walmart. (laughs) Think about that. Walmart is in every country in the world practically. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Uh, uh, but you know that th- that's it's also a terrible way of measuring stuff is through money as well because you're looking at two entirely different industries. Like a construction industry will always have more income than most other industries, but they still have a different kind of uh, profit margin. Because income is ex- uh, uh, because construction is expensive, you know. Retail in Walmart, uh, there's a large profit margin. I don't know what the profit margin on drugs is, but I would imagine it's not too great. Uh, I would imagine it would depend. I'm sure it does. It probably varies from substance to substance. So that's insane. Yeah. So I, I think that saying the 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 mafia makes 75 billion. Uh, no, $85 billion annual is not too much of a, a stretch. So
0: do you – is there – since there's an Italian mafia, there's the Mexican cartel. Is there a, is there a more American crime organization out there?
1: <laughs> At the purely American? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Because you got to
0: think. You got <laughs> – <laughs> yeah yeah, it wouldn't be too far off.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sure that there there are some uh, that are government based, kind of like that. Uh, some people might say something I don't know, maybe the the KKK. Uh, but that's a little different because they're not really a crime organization, really. No, not really. They do do a lot of illegal stuff, but...
0: I mean, hate crime, but that's not organized
1: crime. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of organized, but not like most people think. No, no, think no. Organized crime. And it's not, it's not like it's a full-time job that most people would think of. I don't know. I don't know much about the KKK. <laughs> Maybe the K K what, what oh, what's the K K K's annual revenue? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, messing up your search history. So uh, me messing up my search history. So you don't have to.
0: <laughs> yes, we we might get blacklisted from Google. <laughs> How often does that happen? I don't know. I don't even know if that's a thing. It's a thing, all right. I just don't know how often it happens. I heard this wild conspiracy about Panda Express. Do you want to hear it, Conrad? Uh, I suppose. I mean, we're do, do we're you know this far do off. you know what Panda Athletic. Express is? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fast food restaurant. So it's a it's an American style yeah, Chinese inspired fast food place, right? It's kind of weird to say it that way, but that's that's kind of how they set up uh, their, their motto, I guess? I don't know. Anyways, there was a theory <laughs> from a guy who was like, okay, why is it that people go to Panda Express when the food is terrible? It's downright awful, but yet they put something in the food to make it addictive for for you to keep going back and spending more money. Well, I, I, I took up the courage one day to stake out Panda Express. I didn't really want to buy their food and eat it, but i just bought some food and i kind of just played around with it while i was sitting down inside the restaurant and as i was just sitting there with my food two guys dressed all in black suits very nice black suits like government agents couldn't afford this kind of black suit walk up straight into the back didn't even ask to go into the uh the employee area they just went straight back to the back immediately two of the panda express uh, employees one one was the cash register person cashier and the other one was i am assuming uh, a, a manager went to the back with them and he proceeded to hear uh i guess I, i'm assuming he said the the two men in black yelling really loud at these two individuals came out with big briefcases he can only assume it's money and when they left the, the two panda express employees came out looking downright terrified shaken down to their bone and so the the wild accusation here is it, that he's claiming is that um, panda express is uh, funding the new world order
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wonder i wonder how much uh, because they they were saying that the, they use addictive substances in the drugs right <laughs> in the food <laughs> addictive substances in the food which would be drugs <laughs> anyway what i was thinking uh is what if when you go to the like the, when you pull up at the the thing in the you're making your order you can ask for like a special kind of sauce or something, and they're like a under the uh, under the uh, radar drug transaction that happened through the drive-through. I mean, I've heard that happening at restaurants all the time that they sell illegal drugs out through the drive-through.
0: Oh, I'm sure it happens all the time.
1: So I wonder if that's there's a, a, a mafia group that's like, hey, Gavino, go take the drugs to the to the. Panda Express and sell all the drugs and put a sprinkle some in the rice
0: <laughs> Make sure you yell at them really loud.
1: And if they hear you drop the egg soup, make sure he don't drop it again! <laughs> What's the matter with you? You drop the soup! Don't you know that it costs fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> it's so much of the drug in there. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm sure. I when I read that article, I thought, man, that could be so true because I went to Panda Express not too long ago. This was actually before I read that article, right? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I ordered the uh, the most famous thing on the menu. It's the orange chicken. Like, you know, what? I'm gonna try it. So I got the orange chicken. I got steamed rice, and I got an egg roll. I think I got it. uh, Paid for it. Went home, and when I ate it, it was terrible, Connor. It was the worst Chinese food I've ever had. It was. It was gross. Even the
1: rice was gross. But... Yeah, I've never heard good things about Panda Express.
0: But despite my reaction to the food, I kept eating it. (laughs) So I started Googling Panda Express food. And eventually, after about five minutes, I came across this article. And I thought, man, I believe that. This guy's probably a troll, but I totally believe it. (laughs) Uh, so how much does the KKk make? uh
1: the annual revenue for a KKK member is around 70 dollars uh, uh, that's sad <laughs> uh, uh, yeah um apparently uh, also Panda Express, is uh, their chicken, their orange chicken is addictive. It it is,
0: I, I don't know why. I, I honestly don't. It's terrible. It's that's, ab- that's
1: probably why it's the famous thing. It's, it's got something in it that's...
0: I, I will never go back to Panda Express. It is so bad.
1: I've never been there. Um, and I, I'd go with all of the stories I've heard about. Hey, if you want good Chinese food, do not go to Panda Express. <laughs> uh... It's not, it's not,
0: mm, not, nah, it's not worth it.
1: Uh, I don't know how we're going to get back on track. And my Google history is getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse. <laughs> well you know what? The- I, I
0: think it's time for a break actually so <laughs> <clears throat> uh don't go anywhere i got a story with a woman who's telling her story about how it was like to grow up with a uh, dad as a mafia crime boss and, and i've yeah no i was gonna
1: say you've got something yeah and i've got a few theories on the the history and not the history the future of the mafia and what it might look like in about 40 years and it doesn't have to do anything with bigfoot
0: <laughs> that's surprising but Uh, Yep, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back and we're back from the break so i guess i could tell you the uh, the story really quick yeah. about uh the woman who grew up with a father who was a a, a a mafia crime boss so she was saying first the first inkling that my family was different came from when i was 6 years old and i found a hidden gun under my dad's bed i knew he had uh, served in vietnam and assumed it was from then i even told my friends how proud i felt that my father was a brave soldier uh my t- teacher overheard me talking about gun and quietly mentioned it to my parents and my dad told me what's going on and our family stays behind these walls don't ever talk about it to anybody else and i remember wondering why it was such a big secret but i didn't feel that it was strange you know i just felt that it was uh, just the way we did <clears throat> we were a very traditional italian american family my father Salvatore uh, Gav- gavino gavano worked in construction while my mother was a housewife and looked looked after my brother uh, and me. When uh, home was in Staten Island, surrounded by friends and family, everybody knew my dad, and even as a young child, I I could sense that he was important. When he would enter a room, the energy would change people would rush over to shake his hand and kiss his cheek. He made time for all of them, lending them money and buying them groceries if they were struggling. One day, when I was about 10, Dad sat me down in the kitchen, and he told me that I was probably gonna start hearing some weird stories about his life and things that he had done, and he wanted to explain the best way he could to me. He told me, some men in Italy had formed a secret group and vowed always to protect each other and their family, even if it meant stealing or hurting other people. Then he told me he was part of that same group, but here in America. And it didn't sound scary to me. It was actually kind of nice knowing that there were people looking out for me and my family. My mother was shy, quiet woman who married uh, my dad just before her 18th birthday. She was old-fashioned and loyal, uh, steadfast, standing by her man and never asking questions. The perfect mafia wife. After the years passed, dad, business grew, and we moved into a bigger house and an expensive suburb and i went to a private school mostly it was children of wealthy lawyers doctors and businessmen that's when i began to realize how different we were first for, a st- for a start dad didn't always look like other uh, fathers he had tattoos on his arms and wore flashy jewelry and swore a lot but i didn't find it awkward i thought it was actually kind of cool i knew the mafia were uh, accused of crimes for uh, murdering and racketeering but i was too young to understand what it meant and couldn't uh, reconciliate uh, that gangster's image with my father. What I knew now is he was living too lives. Uh, at home, he was doing uh, the husband and father uh, role, but he was also uh, raising up the ranks of the Gambino organized crime family and being closely watched by the FBI. Over the years, I heard the stories of violent mob crimes, especially after Mafia boss Polly Castellano was murdered in 1985. I was wasn't totally naive and part of me suspecting my dad had been involved. I knew he had been there when Paul was killed and he disappeared for two weeks after. Sometimes I'd come downstairs and find uh, dad sitting by himself in the dark. I'd make a joke and then dad would start chatting away as if nothing was wrong. Although we both knew it was. It was just our way of dealing with things we couldn't talk about. I guess my dad thought he was protecting us. What we didn't know couldn't hurt us, right? Or maybe he just didn't want us to know that side of uh, his character. When I was 19, everything changed. The FBI was closing in on dad and he agreed to testify against high-ranking mob members in return for a shorter sentence for his own crime. I was horrified. I always thought it would drum down into um, uh, it going away when uh, with me and my brother and my mom being there. Now I felt dad had betrayed us all and I refused to move with my family when they joined the witness protection program. In return for his cooperation dad received a reduced uh, prison sentence of five years it took all of that time for me to forgive him but now with a daughter of my own i understand how he was trying to protect us using the only power he had left people ask if i resent being a mob daughter A a few years ago i might have said yes but now i've come to terms with everything that has happened and while i don't condone the violence my dad was involved in i can't change the past and i can't pretend that it didn't happen and there's no point in wondering, what if? This is my life, and this was kind of how it felt like being in a mob family. So there you go.
1: Yeah, and so... Uh, I recognize the name of the, uh, the fella that uh, was killed in, uh, 18 and uh, 1985. Yeah. Uh, she didn't say the name of her father.
0: Yeah. I, I believe I mentioned it. Yeah. Salva uh, Salvatore or so. Sal- Hold on. Let me pull up the article. Cause I got rid of it. <laughs> was it Frank, uh, Cali? No, it
1: was. Why do ads keep popping?
0: Okay. It was Salvatore Gav- Gavino, Salvatore Gavino.
1: Okay. Okay. Cause there was a, a fellow who was, uh, Um, who was murdered in uh, 2018, 2019. Uh, I was just wondering if that was the same fellow, but it's not. But this guy was the, the leader of the uh, Gavino fa- Gam- Gam- Gambino, Gambino? Family, Gambino family for a bit? Yeah.
0: He was, uh, from the sounds of it, it, sounded like he was helping the Gambino family quite a lot.
1: Okay, so he wasn't the leader. Okay.
0: No, he was just part of it.
1: Alright, because the it was the Gambino f- um, leader who was killed in 2019 as well. So that's been two that have been killed recently. Um, but the fellow who um, got killed recently um, they don't think that that one was a hit. The The other guy was definitely a hit from the mafia, from other mm-hmm. members of the mafia. Uh, but this guy is kind of one of the things of a, well, maybe not. Because there was this fellow who wanted to date the daughter of uh, the the boss the, uh, the, of the Gambino family. And he wouldn't allow it. So uh, he was killed by that man who he wouldn't allow to date his daughter. And that guy rammed his car with his car, so uh, stopping his car and then shot him uh, through the uh, through the windshield, I guess.
0: In in. Uh- <clears throat> in full uh, italian style i guess right
1: i guess but generally if it was a hit there would have been more cars more gunmen um but this was one guy doing his own thing so so, so you know that, it, it might have been a hit it, it might have been personal it might have been a hit it might have been the government who knows <laughs> but yeah it, the official story is it was personal
0: do they do they know who killed the uh, the crime boss
1: um they're pretty sure they know um, but I-, I was just wondering if uh,
0: if he was Italian at all, or if he was a member of uh, a different family crime, different crime uh-huh. family. So I wonder why he wouldn't let his uh, daughter date the guy, right? So. <laughs> Yeah. the only thing I can think of is he's not in the family the the family business and he's not uh, Italian
1: and that might that might have might have been it uh have so many so many different stories on this one that I'm scanning through to find if they actually say that they know for sure that it was that fellow there's a lot of people who say that they think it's that fellow but I don't there's no one as far as I can tell that said that they know for sure it's him uh there, there was one there's one fellow who was in the mafia. And he he was a hitman for several, several years and killed and has pled to the, the murder of 54 different murders. Uh, but they're suspected that he murdered even more. Uh, he did. Over a hundred battings, as he called them, which is where he shows up and he beats you with a bat. But he doesn't kill you. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then he did. Yeah. So uh, but then uh, after he was caught, he became an informant and there was a person who did a uh, interview with him. And he says that, no, that wasn't a hit. If it would have been a hit, there would have been a few more markings of it. He said there's no one who would have done a hit that sloppy.
0: So what's his nickname? Do they call him Batman? Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> no they call him john a light john a light uh he he says he's estimated that he um shot 30 to 40 people uh batted 100 <laughs> or, or more uh, and murdered at least six uh, in another way and that okay so oh, hold on he shot 30 to 40 people and then he's confessed to the murder of six how did that work Did he not kill? Is he saying he's a bad shot? He just wounds? Is he. Is he. Uh. Maybe he just
0: shoots uh, their legs or something. Maybe.
1: Uh, yeah, he had an interesting story because he's not full-blooded Italian. So uh, he was told he wasn't going to make it far in the uh, Gambino family. Um, he was – but he worked for a guy, John Gotti, who was Italian. Uh, but he, he did pretty good in the Italian mafia as being a – but he. For not being actually Italian, but uh, they I, he never got far because he he wasn't Italian, and you have to be Italian to be in the mafia. So I guess he never was like an official member. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then do. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. I didn't read that part in the first passing. Um, Yeah, he's telling about how uh, he murdered somebody, and as proof, he took uh, a finger off of the guy's corpse, and uh, he put it in his boss's soup to uh, prove that he killed him. I I don't. don't, That doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, go kill so and so. You come back with the soup, and then you toss it. It it comes back with a finger. Toss it in the soup. Okay, that seems like an insult to me.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, Who knows? So what are your theories about the future for the Mafia?
1: So the Mafia has remained roughly the same. Mm -hmm. They still do the same racketeering. That's generally what they do. They racketeer, but they specialize in extortion. And not to be too awfully political, um, but, you know, with all the stuff that's going on with uh, the police and all of that, Mm. I have a feeling that the mafia is the ones that could gain the most from the current political development. You think so? Yeah. Because how did they get started? They were originally a private um, organization for peacekeeping. Mm. They they were like private security. Now, with their finger in so many different pies right? Mm -hmm. If it becomes to the point that there, there is the, um, because that, that's one of the thing, one of the police reforms that people are talking about, you may, you may have heard uh, defund the police, right? Uh, uh, I don't think I have. Okay, it's it's something that people have been um, pushing for. But you've, you've heard about the the a lot of the rioting that's been going on since there was uh, one guy who died uh-huh. of asphyxiation, right? Yeah, I
0: After know about the riot.
1: So, what uh, the defund the police means is they want to reduce the power of police. Uh, they want uh, different organizations to be created that are not police officers, but take over a lot of the functions that police do. Uh, they want to Reduce the police force and um, overall just have less equipment for police, less funding. So, so,
0: you know, so they want to take away some of the responsibilities
1: for the police, create a uh, new organization, give them some of the funding that they took away, uh and then also reduce uh the police. So, w- the way that it, um so that, that you know, you've heard people say they want to demilitarize the police, right? Uh nope. <laughs> uh, well, they say that the, the uh, police have too many uh, equ- uh too much military equipment.
0: Do they? I I have no I, idea. Don't, I don't think they do. I don't really
1: see the issue with that, but it, it's one of the things that um, you'll find a lot of activists say is uh, demilitarize the police. They do have a lot of military equipment, a few of them, but...
0: Yeah, but uh, who, generally, who are, are these people who are saying deactivate or defunct the police or whatever? So,
1: like, what, the liberals? Yeah. I can send you a couple of links about fellas who talk about it if you want. Um,
0: I mean, they <laughs> sound like liberals. <laughs> I can only assume they're liberals. They
1: are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, the, they're, ber- they're Bernie bros, and... Uh, <laughs> a few of them uh but it, it's more than just bernie bros uh, yeah yeah it's, it's blm uh yeah i mean i haven't kept up with
0: the news for a while but i do know that i don't know are the riots still going on today i mean
1: uh a little bit they burned a moose statue in oregon just a few days ago so i'm sure that it's still going on you know the, the whole statue thing that's going on right so that's that's the, tied uh, to the confederate statues the, yeah well it expanded to more different statues than just that. They've been taking down Theodore Roosevelt statues. They've been taking down uh, Washington's. They've been taking down U.S. see U- 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 C- Grant. Uh, I can't say his name. His oh. first. Name oh, okay. is so. T- they, they've been just been going after almost every single statue. They've they don't like. Uh, they didn't. There's one. Um,
0: what does the, Theodore I Roosevelt know. has to do with uh, whatever the protests know. are going on? They, they wanted to they take down, down Roosevelt.
1: Roosevelt. They wanted to take. They took down a Abraham Lincoln um statue because there was a slave in part of the uh the statue thingy. Which you know, if you have a a, a statue of a slave in chains next to George Washington, uh, not George. Washington, Abraham Lincoln—that generally doesn't seem like a racist thing, right? I i don't know, but because to me that seems like okay. This is Abraham Lincoln's going to free the slave to me, right? Anyway, they got rid of that. But one.
0: I mean, isn't that what he did, though?
1: Yeah, he well, like, uh, and
0: so I, well, he, I, he helped he
1: proclamation, helped. which he then uh, after his death they went, went around and they did the Thirteenth and the Fourteenth Amendment, and yeah. So, yes, he was the prelude to that, in a way. And he was part of the Abel, uh, Abel, <laughs> people who wanted to get rid of slavery and movement. Uh, but it's the, the there was a statue in Washington State of a moose. And the statue of the moose represented the fact that there—not a moose, an elk. And it represented the fact that there used to be elk in that area. And there was a one famous elk that used to go— the. Actually went through this uh, the uh, the the city. So you would there was this one elk that just wasn't afraid of people and would walk through downtown. So every, it got a name that elk did. Uh, and this was before there was cars. That this elk used to walk the uh, the streets with the horses. So they built a statue of this elk because there's no longer elk in Oregon there they've been uh, hunted to the point where they they they're not you don't find them in Oregon or Washington or wherever it was so they built this elk in memoration of uh, elk and you know of memory of elk and hope that elk return that's that statue they burned Uh they, they put a lot of fire on it and uh that's are, that's, that's are really dumb podcast anyway you might want to edit out like a huge chunk of this no nah,
0: no nah, i'm gonna leave it on because i think people need to hear
1: i mean why okay. so the whole point of this is i'm getting around to the whole defund the police thing but yeah, they, they, the, it's just. I think that there's people that just rioting got out of control and they're just attacking statues. I don't really think that they have a thing against the statues. They're just wanting to make a point. So there's uh, no real statues. reason. They're just doing it because um, they can do it. They're doing it for publicity, I think. You know, if I destroy a statue, then people will look at me and then...
0: Okay, and, so how about a little bit of logic here? Why are you going to go and destroy statues of founding fathers of America, right? And But you're not going to destroy the Satanist statues that are in, in uh, Washington?
1: You know, they very well might destroy the Satanist statues. Um, there's been... I, I think some joke statues of people, who they, they've disguised actual statues as um, communists <laughs> and to see if the, the statues will be attacked. I don't know if that's a real story or not. That kind of sounds a little fake to me that somebody would dress up a real statue as a communist and say, see if that protects a statue from being destroyed. Because, you know, with the whole political division, the, the right wants to frame the left as pure communist. Which is not too awfully hard. <laughs> <laughs> Because some people just act like total morons. Um, And when you act like a moron, people can really put some bad press on you. Be smart. Be like Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Mr. Rogers' um, secret life as a sniper. Yeah.
1: So you people who who didn't hear us on break, you're not going to get that joke. But – that's an inside joke for those who are like, what on earth are they talking about? Maybe we'll Anyhow, do a
0: Mr. Rogers conspiracy theory episode because that's yeah. just hilarious.
1: Anyway, uh, so the, the whole thing is they want to demilitarize the police, which is, uh, the mafia uh, is going to benefit from. So that's what I'm my point that I'm slowly working towards. <laughs> uh, and uh, demilitarize well, I mean, it
0: sounds police. like they want to make like a mafia style police haven.
1: Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. All right.
0: So, so are, are the predominantly uh, uh, strongest families in certain areas are going to be the protectors now?
1: Um, I, I mean, if the mafia ran the entire police, that's like one of the things that they want, one of the reforms they want for police. They want the police, the requirement to be that police live in the communities that they police. You have to be part of the community in order to police the area. You know, the mafia live in new york i was gonna
0: say they're gonna have to start uh Jeez. letting uh, different uh, races start being in the mafia. if they want to uh, spread out all throughout america uh, i mean there's some italians in texas yes uh i'm you know i'm half but i mean there's not gonna I be i don't know i mean
1: could the italians they could just have could they have contractors that that help diversify sure they their... could
0: have contractors but then it could also get out of hand and they can no longer control it and then they're uh, gonna start having wars that's not going to be any better than the riots and protests that are going on so right. they're going to have to start letting people in from different races be in the actual mafia and not just be a contract to the
1: mafia so it's better with, controlled that way with demilitarized the police uh there's that that doesn't quite make sense to me because all the issues that i've seen with you know P- police brutality it's not like police are using tanks to drive over people with it's not like they're using their <laughs> no. military equipment like helicopters well I think and they're what they're complaining t- anti- about the
0: uh, military grade weapons that the police have is probably like all the smoke bombs uh, the the the, the, uh, the thick shields that
1: they use that's not military grade
0: yeah but you know these protesters aren't going to know that they're probably not even going to care if it is or isn't they're probably I mean, just going to label it as, right as such I mean yeah
1: maybe, they're maybe gonna they don't like right right gear <laughs> Um, yeah. But, but riot gear is not very useful to the military. No. Because most of the time, riot gear is not too bulletproof. I mean, and the bulletproof do, they, stuff they that they have.
0: The military doesn't use riot gear.
1: Right. I mean, even the even the people who do door breaching and do, because that's the closest the military does to, pol- to police work is when they're clearing buildings. Because right. both police and military clear buildings. You don't see poli- uh, the military using bulletproof uh, shields very often. <laughs> Um, no, there's no need to. They might every now and then, but for the most part, no, nah, they just kick the door in and come in rifle first. Uh, but right. for the most part, uh, if if things get too tough for the military to go in, like, we need a shield to go in. They'll be like, <laughs> don't worry about it, buddy. I got this. Joey, move the tank closer. <laughs> <laughs> We got Bob up on the roof with a with a uh, RPG. So that maybe that's another thing that um, is the police have um, grenade launchers, which they put tear gas in. So you could say that's military grade because it's the same grenade launcher that the military uses. But it's very different with what's comes out the barrel. Right. Anyway, um, so deep militarizing the police. I don't get that one too much. It's a slogan that they have. A lot of people believe in it. But from what I can tell, the the issues that they have with police are generally done with you know police shooting with handguns. That's so like 90% of police shootings done with handguns. Uh, it's very rare. The questionable shots come from people with rifles.
0: I don't even you know? think the MPs use police gear. Uh,
1: they used to be popular. The MP5 used to be popular in the 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 70s through the 90s. It's not popular anymore among the police. There's still like a few police groups that use the MP5, but no, not anymore. Uh, but so with... The police reduce, reduce reduction in funding. If you do that and you break up the police force into a large portion of it is just uh, civil workers that all they do is go around and they do things like the the health check. You know how police officers will do um, health checks where they will check in at they only only like four percent of what police officers do have um are considered uh violent encounters like the other 96 percent is them just doing things like pulling people over and giving them a ticket which is not violent at all you know pulling over somebody Mm -hmm. and putting them in jail for uh drinking and driving generally those don't go violent going to somebody's house and um uh, checking see if their grandma's okay they're generally not violent those sort of things most of the time police work is not violent so what they're saying is we don't need uh armed mil- uh police force so they, they want to reduce the police force down to just a bunch of people who are not um what you consider traditional enforcement they're just um i guess well, people. I,
0: I think a lot of people would argue on behalf of the police that the police force isn't as staffed as people might think
1: I think there's pretty large police forces, especially in like New York City. Has thousands. okay, oh
0: yeah, okay. Maybe the police force when you have or uh, in New York when you have uh, districts, but generally, you know, like uh, take for instance in your area, it's not a big police force at all. No, and they they usually what, cover four two deputies. They and they usually cover two counties, if not more.
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> the amount that the I think the 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 nearby Gilles county yeah yeah. uh, that covers uh, frederick county County. and yeah comfort i believe they they do have their own uh, deputies in both counties but you will quite often see them switching uh going to other counties to help out so if you're in in the kerr county you will often see gillespie county uh, like every day but it's not unheard of to see gillespie county uh gillespie county uh not but officers. I think what the
0: people are talking about when they're talking about uh, drastically reducing the police force and having a, a, a another kind of uh, a police entity type uh, government, don't they have something called citizens on patrol where they do yeah. exactly this? They have yes. regular citizens going uh, out <laughs> and doing even um, tickets, you know, they'll they'll hand out tickets yeah. for people parked in handicapped spots when they're not supposed right. to, stuff like that.
1: So. Uh, um
0: it's already a thing I mean, though.
1: Yes, it is. And but they just they want it to be larger. Um so regardless one way or the other the pol- political um the political Oh, one more thing I got to cover before I put in my little disclaimer. <clears throat> the SWAT teams. There's SWAT teams in almost every single uh county in the the country. Uh, even in the hill country, every county's got its SWAT team. In small counties, the SWAT team, you will find the, the natar- nar- narcotics division, the SWAT team, the sheriff's deputy, and the constable are all the same fellow. <laughs> 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 uh, kind of like the Andy Griffith show where the judge and the sheriff are the same man. So, yeah. But everyone's got their SWAT team. Uh, now, SWAT teams were invented uh, back when to deal with um, hostage situations and um, like uh, ma- mass shootings and that, that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and then the, I think they were invented in California also to originally uh, be uh, crowds, uh, no, what do they call it? Riot control. Anyway. But for the most part, they're just used as narcotic officers that do raids for narcotics. That wasn't their original attention, but that's mostly what they do. Uh, and, and so a lot of people who are of the defund the police um demilitarize the police of that uh, persuasion, don't like SWAT at all. Uh, but one one thing is, is is I was reading the other day about the formation of the FBI with uh, Herbert uh, Hoover. And uh, I think we've talked about him before about all how corrupt he is and all that and his formation of the FBI. But if you read much about the FBI, the FBI used to be investigators who had no training in firearms whatsoever. Mm. And they were created to deal with the mob. So, now here's where I'm going to put my little disclaimer so whatever uh, political or whatever or not if we were to demilitarize defund or whatever the police whatever benefits might come out of it that came about from the militarization of the police there's going to be the thing that was the issue that they had when they first started the FBI is dealing with the mob is the mob at first defeated the uh, FBI consistently in gunfights at the creation of the FBI. So if you're reverting back to where they were before, whether or not that's a good idea, I think everyone would be able to agree that even if the costs outweigh the benefits, it is going to benefit the mafia to go back to the way it was before, (laughs) you know, the mafia destruction teams were invented. So I do believe that the mafia has the most to gain uh, from this. (laughs) Hmm. Now, so the the mafia. Uh, so another thing that that you could see is they want um, groups. You did you hear about uh, what they call that? Chaz uh, in Oregon, where they they just made it a no police zone, and they had their own uh, police created group. I, I didn't hear about it. Yeah. Okay. So they they made it a. It was called CHAZ, where it's something or another autonomous zone. So CHAZ ended with autonomous zone. I forget what the first two letters meant. And it was a part of, I think, Seattle, Washington, like a few blocks, city blocks. They said, okay, no police are allowed in this area. This area now wants to be separate from the rest of the country or something like that. And we want... Um, to be our own self-governing body, we're going to have our own police. So if that comes about, if that becomes like a popular thing mm. – and, and Chaz didn't go very well. I think it got broken up because it was not doing too well. Uh, I, I don't know the full story. I didn't really pay much attention. But it does show that you know there's a lot of people who are thinking we want to self uh, – do more of a libertarian style, uh, self governing right where we hire our own private uh police stations we hire and fire our own police Mm -hmm. they're more accountable to us then If you go that route, it also can benefit the mafia because that makes it easier because (laughs) the mafia has already infiltrated the FBI before. They've already infiltrated local police stations before. They've infiltrated so many different categories that we've already talked about, whether it be energy, trash, theater, art, Music. Everything. They've infiltrated that. They've also infiltrated the FBI itself, and they had FBI agents. I didn't really cover that one because I couldn't find the story, but I know that for sure that happened. Uh-huh. Um, if you have your own private police, the FBI, oh boy, it, it starts to look a lot like he, the uh, the mafia playground. <laughs> also compounding on this mafia windfall would be the, uh, the uh, 9-11s. After 9/11, the FBI switched its main focus from uh, organized crime to terrorism. Hmm. In a lot of cases, the FBI has uh, reduced their staff from like you know 400 people to 20 in their organized crime groups in certain areas. So and they shifted all that manpower to anti-terrorism. So in an area, so in a time, <laughs> TV trailer here in a time filled with. Anti-terrorism. There's been a decline in mob uh, control, and in a time for uh, for private security, right for the um, mafia infiltration. What do you find? <laughs> you find the decrease in police uh, activity uh, we- weaponization for weapons to defeat organized crime members with uh, illegal weapons. The time is right. The uh, I got to find the, the name for the American uh, Mafia here for a second. It's called like, it's our thing in Italian. It's Mara something. Oh, well, I can't find I have it. no idea. There's the Italian, <laughs> the time for the rise of the Italians is here. Mamma shall- mia. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's like one thing. So I think that in like the next forty years, you could see an amazing chance for the uh the rise of the uh mafia, a resurgence, a renaissance in the mafia. Oh, one more thing that also came to mind the drug wars. The drug war is kind of dwind winding down, wouldn't you say, Eric? Like it was really yeah, strong yeah, in the I 70s. So. And then people have kind of said, okay, it failed. And then like they're loosening up on their control and they're, they're really, uh, I think Clinton was probably the last president who was like, I'm going to double down on drugs. um, And he, he passed a lot of laws about, uh, he passed uh, the three strike laws, you know? I, I don't really think anyone's been quite so hard on drug, the drug war since then. And I think part of that has to do with, uh, uh, 9-11 as well and now there's a lot of people talking about legalizing drugs right so what happens when drugs no longer are the main source of income for the illicit income <laughs> for the mafia they go back to their roots right uh well, bootlegging to the, the racketeering to oh, the okay. uh, to the uh, the extortion in right, this land, right. where they themselves become the security. There's no one to contest them anymore. The the police are no longer the strong force to break up the organized crime anymore. So you know everything's ripe for picking for them, wouldn't you say?
0: So do, so do you think they're? So is your future prediction for the mafia going to be that they come back into better
1: power? I think so. Um, I. I, I think that they've definitely had our renaissance um, fr- since one of their family members was killed, uh, and then the new fellow took took over, and then the mafia went dark after that. Uh, when he when this new fellow t- took over, uh, they had a, a move back to secrecy, and I think that, uh, that, that the mafia it, it has is going back to its roots, and then you compound that with the distrust of the police, you compound that with the, uh, this shifting of resources to the war on terror. And then you compound that with with maybe the future developments of maybe the continuing decreasing trust of the police and then people's willingness to work with the police. Uh, and then just all of that, it, it could either, I could see go going either way, but I have a feeling. So my prediction is not like a hundred percent. Oh yeah. The mafia is coming back stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I say my prediction is I'm going to give it a, a 60. Oh, let's put it higher than that. Let's put it at 70%. 70% the mafia is going to increase. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to put it at like a, a 35, about uh, about a third uh, chance that they're going to experience a great Renaissance.
0: It's mm, interesting. It's a good theory. I guess we'll uh, have to wait and see, huh?
1: So, I suppose um, my uh, <laughs> the political disclaimer would be, you know, those who really strongly believe in uh, the anti-police and all of that, maybe that's an okay trade-off, because what we'll be talking about is the mafia, are they that bad? <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I suppose. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, are they that I bad? Mean, I mean, they do bad things, but I mean, for so sure, does, so does a I lot mean- of other organizations and bodies of a certain...
1: <laughs> what were they just saying in um, the, the coronavirus? How they said that masks didn't work at the beginning, and now they're saying uh, they do work, and then just like three weeks ago, I think, uh, Fauci came out and said, yeah, we told you not to wear a mask because we wanted them, and we knew that if we told you to wear a mask, we wouldn't get them for the, for the healthcare people. So essentially what he, they said is, we lied to you because... We wanted the masks, and we were willing to let y'all take the risk as opposed to the medical workers.
0: Well, I mean, they do need it if they're going to right. try and, try I'm and help people. Right. not saying that the logic yeah, is, is. Flawed, but, uh, but how but he not, did it was I'm totally that's wrong.
1: Uh, it's immoral. Yeah. Rega- regardless of the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the logic. The logic might be sound. The morality is not. And I think that that is like the major contrast between the mafia and the uh, But you know, I know the a,
0: there's a lot of people who just don't want to wear a mask at all. There's just... Right. And I believe you can look it up because uh, I just briefly saw the article. I didn't read it. But I know the governor of Texas is be has a uh, lawsuit <laughs> filed yeah. against him because uh,
1: they don't want to wear the mask. And, and like you were talking about in that story with the daughter of the mafia – Um, You could tell that the mafia leader fellow has a lot more humanity to him than I would think I would be able to attribute to any congress member. You know, he 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 treated people like people, even if he was like, okay, I'm going to hurt people to make sure my family's okay. I'm going to do terrible things, but ultimately I'm going to do it because I want my family. It's better off. I mean, that's immoral, but Well, I mean, you heard so- the,
0: the, the, the way the mafia is, I think I'm not saying that, oh, the things they do is, is justified. No, I'm saying how they are loyalty wise is amazing. Yeah. You can't. It, it's inconceivable. <laughs> To to backstab your your family, right? It's inconceivable to do so in the mafia. It, it's, they, it's, they have the it's the polar opposite. It's the polar opposite in government. Polar opposite. Right.
1: And another thing is the rule of law. In the law in the mafia is all about the honor. It's all about the um, the respect f- and, and to honor your your bonds and your bonds and your family and your loyalties, it's it's more intuitive, their rules of law. Because if you go with the American rule of law, like the drug, the drug laws, a lot of people don't agree with those rules. And as uh, there was a fellow I was listening to um, who who put it this way is uh, crime is not what it used to be. Uh, when. When you say, say crime, everyone thinks of things that we all know are inherently wrong, like murder and theft and that sort of thing, right? But mm-hmm. according to the government, there's a lot of things that other people will go, well, that's not crime. Like a lot of people would not consider marijuana, use, the use of marijuana as a crime, right? They, 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 they don't consider that a moral wrong. So the mafia's rules of law are... Or less written down and structured like the U.S. law is, it's an unwritten, more of a what. So theirs is, I suppose, more understandable to the human emotion. You know, Mm. how many times have you read a thing and gone, "Well, that was technically legal, but that's wrong." In in the mafia standpoint, if they have that gut feeling of "No, that's wrong," at the end, then it's wrong. And Mm -hmm. if it had that gut feeling of it's not wrong, then it's not wrong, right? So their law is a lot more intuitive than the American law. So in some ways – in some ways, you could say that there'd be there in a lot of cases, there would be people who would appreciate living under the mafia rule as opposed to the U.S. rule. Uh, but those are probably there's probably less <laughs> <laughs> than there would be those four because, you know, the mafia has huge, huge issues. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in some cases, in some cases. Uh, oh, oh, it, it's just. So another thing that I, I wanted to point out is the mafia itself is in its own self, like a governing body that, that works things in a way like you go to the, when people have legal issues, they go to the courts, right? Mm. And they fight it out with lawyers and they decide the law. And generally they come to a decision and nobody feels like it's the right, the right end result in a court. Uh, so let's say you have uh, a disagreement Two people are having a fight, and they decide to take the fight to uh, to court, a divorce, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're both fighting over the possessions, right? Mm -hmm. The underlying fight that these two people are having is not ownership, but it's the fact that these two people hate each other and can't get along. That's really the underlying fight. Is it a interpersonal uh, disagreement of hatred? Mm. Not really that it is a, wait a minute. I don't know if you have legal right to that, honey. I would would let you have it, but legally I'm (laughs) entitled to that. (laughs) No. And and so they take it to court. And so you're fighting the improper fight in court. So that's why they say settle things outside of court. The most you can, because when you go into court, you're fighting a different fight. And the one that the interhuman fight that you're having is more of an emotional one where it's, you want to hurt the other person and you say, well, this person did, did wrong in the marriage and they need to be punished for that. And that sort of thing. It, it's that that's more of, of what's going on. Would you agree with that a little bit, Eric? Maybe. Yeah, I would. So if you were to have a mafia rule in that case, they would go more with the honor, right? Mm-hmm. Would go with the, okay, let's settle the emotional spat between you. And that is exactly what they have. When the mafia has a fight, they have a, what would be called an arbitrator that goes between them. And that they, the mafia has a commission uh, and it's called that, the uh, commission. And it is a governing body that uh, was formed early on in the uh, the 20th century that, that when the families would have their feuds and would fight among each other, this commission would be to serve as an intermediary between the families. And it would oversee all the mafia activities and it would mediate the conflict. And the, so when the mafia has uh, settles a dispute, they go to the heart of the matter, the emotional um, dishonor. Like you, you couldn't go to the... Uh, and say, this man dishonored my family. You know, you can kind of do that with defamation. But what the defamation does is it looks at the monetary value of the harm. Mm. Well, that's a terrible way to go about solving the honor of. That's been hurt, right? Yeah. Because that is something of no monetary value, really. It's more of an emotional damage. And that's so uh, the commission and the mafia goes straight to the heart of the problem, the emotional problem. So in some ways, the mafia is better equipped (laughs) to deal with conflict than the U.S. court system. Uh, And we've already seen how the, the mafia behaves very much like a government mm-hmm. um it, and there's even more ways that i didn't even discuss the mafia itself has its own welfare system like the, the we kind of touched on in the story how people would come to the fa- uh, the uh, the godfather sort of the, in the figure in the father in the story he wasn't the godfather but you come <laughs> to this 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 um the mafia member his the,
0: so wait, what is the uh, the main uh, mafia boss called? Is that the Don?
1: I think I think it's called the Don. I it, the the Don, the Godfather, the boss. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they would go to this fellow and he would give them groceries, right? Well, that yeah. was in the story, yeah. they would take care of each other as one big family. But unlike a government, you don't want the government being your family. <laughs> That's why they call it the Big Brother, and that is not done in a uh, a, patri- uh, a very nice way. That's done in a mocking way. When they say Big Brother's going to help you, right?
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, with Big Brother, you got to fill out endless forms and wait forever. Right. To so so even see is- if you can help, if you can be helped.
1: <laughs> you go to the you go to the Don and the Mafia, and you say, uh, "Look how they murdered my boy." <laughs> I must go to Don Coyote and give justice. <laughs> and then he's yeah. gonna and he and he's gonna take care of you. You're not gonna have to sign a form. All you have to do is kiss a ring. Okay? Very different procedure. <laughs> <laughs> You kiss his ring, you swear loyalty, you say how much you love the family and how you do anything for family. Well,
0: when you kiss the Don's ring, that's showing respect. You have respect.
1: respect. Yeah, And then he's going to show some respect back and he's gonna take care of you okay they got their welfare system figured out they've got their line of uh, uh, structure figured out they've got their tax system figured out and if they got a tax system in place you don't have to fill out a form and send it in and do all the math for you no they come to you and they tell you what the fee is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> It might not be something you'd like to do, but by God, you better do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't have money to pay, I'm sure they'll come up with creative ways that you can figure out. So yeah, I I could definitely see how in a decaying society, can the we mafia... Can have
0: something in between what the mafia is and how Big Brother helps? Like, there should be something in between that. Like, the best of both worlds, right? You don't have to do the stupid
1: forms and wait forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you also don't have to sell your soul to the mafia. I think that
1: that was originally uh, a charity, like charities. (laughs) Local charities, isn't that the niche that they're supposed to fill? They're supposed to be the family of the mafia, and they're supposed to be the no strings attached of the government welfare. <laughs> uh,
0: but it's not as well organized. Like who who nah. does, who does that? Nobody. uh People yeah, don't even have to, people don't even like donate few few to churches. Passionate cho- religions
1: yeah. that that would get that well into it. They'd be like, yeah, I die for the religion, and I. But you know, it's it's hard to find a zealot who who finds that right balance of doing anything for family being charitable and nice to the to the needy um but not to enable them in their um their downfalls but mm-hmm. then also not to demand a ransom <laughs> after you help them it's 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 nice to imagine a world where such a thing existed is such a a possibility going to ever happen i no. don't think so no no i, no. I think that that's a pipe dream. I'm a bit of a pessimist, and I just think that people have uh, it's the grass is greener on the other side. Man, yeah, I, there's I, a lot of issues with Big Brother and constant surveillance and all of that. And <laughs> I mean, once you drop I mean, that off, way, you're gonna you, go to the next. You're e- gonna either go the way, next, no, you're
0: but. paying a big price, no yeah. matter who you go to. So you give up your privacy. <laughs> you you do exactly what the government tells you to do, and you die in a ditch. Uh you you go to the mafia. You kiss the ring, you tell the dawn how beautiful his daughter is on the day of her her wedding, and you die in a ditch if you don't do what they (laughs) ask you. So it's like whatever. It's like choose your poison, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So I, I suppose I'm a little more libertarian leaning of the, well, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> Can we just uh, what is it? Uh, liberty o- over security? you know I'd rather be free than to have sure. s- to have security. Sure I might die in a ditch of starvation, but hey, at least. I At least
0: it's quick. my choice.
1: <laughs> At least they didn't take a bat and break my knees and then throw me in the ditch and shoot me a few times. I'd rather die of starvation and just stumbled in there because I had no strength left to walk. Or then to be taxed and had carry the government's burden until I couldn't do anymore and was tossed aside. <laughs> you know? What, in the end, a, we all die world. in the ditch. <laughs> what a world we live in, huh? So,
0: So I think this is going to be one of the longer podcasts we've done.
1: I mean, you could always go in there and, and cut out that long spiel I did about no, uh, no, nah, nah, it all goes well police together. Police brutality. <laughs> I don't know. It, it all I, feel goes though, well I feel as though you learned a little bit about the current political situation because you've been living under a rock.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I have. I haven't been paying attention to the media at all. Hey,
1: I've been living under a rock in a certain way. Like, there's been a there's a ton of Republicans in the Hill Country. Okay. Has, and, has there? Sarcasm. (laughs) I'm stumped by the amount of sarcasm that needed to be in that phrase, but wasn't. (laughs) Anyway. Republicans in the hill country? Apparently, Donald Trump... (laughs) That's a little better. So Donald Trump gave a speech, apparently, yesterday. I heard about about
0: it, but I didn't listen to it.
1: Yeah, I didn't listen to it either. And, And so... According to everybody else, I've been living under a rock, and then here I am, I'm talking to you about the police riots and the burning of the elk and all that other stuff, and then I'm like, wait, well, you've been living under a rock too, but more than I have. Maybe I haven't been living under a rock. Maybe I've... Maybe we're both living in hermit shells, and neither of us are under a rock.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's probably it. <clears throat> <laughs>
1: I, uh, you living know, in the carcasses of others dead bodies you know I, I've been called
0: yet. a hermit my whole life cause I don't I don't socialize enough I don't socialize hardly any act
1: you're married and you're more of a hermit than I am I think
0: <laughs> why you gotta bring my downfalls into this Connor
1: hey hey well um you know it's, it, it's <laughs> I, I just gotta I just gotta all right, all right. well I suppose, I suppose that's about it so thanks that. everyone so much for listening if you made it this far i i guess you must have found the mafia and christine
0: <laughs> oh oh you're cutting off a bit there
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i could certainly hear that but yes if you okay. made it this far my god you love podcasting <laughs>
1: Uh, just like we do. Either that or, or you're too lazy to turn the channel. Have you ever heard of those people who are so lazy they can't they can't hit the little button on the, the remote control even though they have it on the armrest next to them, they're just like I'm watching this because I'm too lazy to change the channel. <laughs>
0: uh I mean I've certainly heard of those people, but
1: never actually known one. Um it generally is more than just laziness. But yeah, if if you're either one of those two people if you've made it this far, you either loved the play podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, or you were too lazy to change the channel because you've had plenty of time buddy
0: oh yeah i think this is gonna be a, a little under two hours for this episode which we have done before and it's always usually like big brother uh big pharma something I mean, usually governmental you
1: know i mean we kind of went governmental oh we totally went the governmental. <laughs> the, the government and the mafia they're they're just they're just Two sides to the same coin. One's the underground government, and then one's the other above ground government.
0: I wouldn't say the mafia's underground government.
1: The funny thing is, I they have their own wiki page where they actually <laughs> have they have the name of all five of the dons. Uh, they, yeah, they're they, they don't hide. It's crazy. You'd think like yeah, they wait, they're they're, in the they're mafia
0: untouchable. Though. They're untouchable though. Yeah. Well, that's how it is. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, lately, it's been a little different because we want to branch out into different things. You know, make it uh, make it that more interesting for you, the listener.
1: Well, so- we have we have to really push into that bizarreness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we did it with Genghis last week.
1: Man, I I think Genghis and um, the mafia. I felt like the, it's just, it's weird looking back at the ancient history and all of that because there's something ancient about that loyalty to family because Genghis had it too, you know, with his his tribe and all of that and his brothers and, and his family and with all of mo- that. Multiple wives. It just shows that, I don't know, it, it's weird looking back at history. Just a hundred years ago it was so similar to something that you would see uh, that ruled nations – 2,000 years ago so it, it, it's it's so weird that something would seem so ancient like the mafia but it also still be so modern anyway <laughs> you
0: yeah, know well, that's how it is uh, if you want to email us for topic suggestions you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com uh follow us anywhere on social media just search for bizarre conspiracies i think we're coming up to like 800 followers on instagram which is insane say hi if you're on instagram and, and you're following us just say hi i always reply back so thank you for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode